We're your health and safety angels, Daisy Silcock and Lindsay Mason. Health and safety, busting the barriers. Welcome back to the wonderful world of health and safety angels. We've got our next stage in the Health and Safety at Work Act. Both me and my fabulous friend Daisy. Hi, Daisy. Hey. How are you? I'm I'm brilliant. As they say in Wales, bendigedig. Oh, look, you showing off your skills. I know. Which, just which other same. language would you like it in? We, uh, it's a shame we're only audio because everyone would get a treat this week if they could see you. Why? Look, because you're fresh and green. Oh, fresh hair, updated, yes. neon green. It's, it's yeah, UV green, glow in the dark. I'm basically like... It's almost like having a um, high-vis for hair. <laughs> You've got to build in health and safety control. I know. But also it means that I can never do anything wrong because I'm so identifiable. And our branding is based around you having green hair, so you're kind of stuck that way for a while. Mm. <laughs> just... But it is a pleasure to see you like that. Thank you very much. I have to get my colouring pencils out and change the branding if necessary. <laughs> You'll have to run it through me first. Yes. Since I'm considering changing my hair colour, is that okay? Yes. Can we rebrand? I don't like to have that form of control over you. You know what? If I went red, we could change our name to the Health and Safety Devils. We could actually have a, a, a sideshow called the Health and Safety Devils. We could. On our conversations before we record. I know. Seriously. It's, it's pretty it's horrendous, isn't it, really? It but is. we'd never work again. So, yeah. <laughs> so we'll keep that on. We'll save those until we're 60. What is it now for retirement? 68? Oh, 75? <laughs> the day before you die is when you're allowed to retire. Oh, gosh. At least we do something we love, right? Yeah. But do you get, I do get people go when I say, oh, I, I do a podcast as well. And they're like, geek. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Sometimes I say stuff and I and it's only afterwards I think, oh my God, I do sound like such a geek. But it's so true. I know. I, did, I delivered um, legal stuff today for IOSH and I just get excited. I'm like, HSE website, it's so amazing. It's got everything you can need. You can spend hours on it. And people look at me like, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's so true. I, uh, I, I today was doing a... Um, asbestos awareness course and again i was sort of like going right now um if you want to you can download the uh asbestos acop which is l143 has everyone written that down no no one's got a pen no oh you'll remember it off by heart okay lovely yes they couldn't they they couldn't hear you because they'd run off to get a pen because they were gutted that they couldn't write it down i don't think so but you know we can hope we can hope. In fact, in fact, there was one lady who came at the end and she said, uh, not only, she said, oh, that's the best um, asbestos course I've ever sat on. Really exciting. So that's always nice to hear. She said, but I will look at the approved code of practice. I was like, oh, well done you. Oh, changing lives. <laughs> one ACOP at a time. Oh, you're a gift to this planet. You are just a gift to this planet anyway. So are you. Look, I love you. I love you too, dude. You are fabulous. Right, seriously, we are recording though. Everyone's hearing this. Yeah. Okay. So what are we recording? So we're doing um, Health and Safety at Work Act 
1974, section three. Oh, changing the section. It's a big day. It is. <laughs> yeah, now we obviously, we've gone from section 2.3 to section three. And there are other sections in between that. So 2.4 to 2.7. But they relate to things to do with trade unions. And me and Lynn's, although we know what those sections say, and we certainly can apply them, we're not trade union experts. So maybe at some point we will find perhaps a trade union safety rep who would be happy to come on and have a chat to us about all things safety rep and safety committee and all that sexiness. The problem is we've got to find someone that's cool to talk about it. Every trade union safety rep is obviously going to be cool. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And if there's any listening, in fact, I actually did train one and he was in a rock band and one of their songs was on a Netflix show. No. Yeah, you know that there was a, a series on Netflix. I think it was called She. Was it called She? It's not meaning anything oh, was to it me. Called, it might not have been called She. It was like a short name and it was about a guy who had some weird box in his ba- glass box in his basement. Oh. oh, I can't even think. You probably had to put your pin in to watch that. No, Susan. <laughs> no, I got a, I've got a, I've got to Google that now. Anyway, he was on a course. He was yeah. a trade union. I don't know which trade union it was, but he was a trade union safety rep. And he was in this rock band. Um, I'm going to type that in. Netflix. So this could be, you know, like when people post, found a ring on a beach in, in Brighton and must reunite it. Share this across Facebook and we might be able to find him. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's not coming. You're distracted know, by looking sorry. at the internet now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. I want to find. It's it's a short. It's a short one, and it was very popular. You. It wasn't called she. It was called you. <laughs> it was. It was. It was the right amount of letters. And they had like just the wrong. They ones. had like yeah four series of it. Oh, and wow. he had this guy had a song. So if you're listening, guy who I would remember his name if I looked through my notes, um, come on our podcast. You can promote your band while you're on here as well. Then we can add in some extra sections and some music. Oh yeah, he, he could write us a theme tune. Oh. That's amazing. Actually, the guy that I heard it was on my plastering course at the weekend. One of the guys wrote. He he was a he, he sung in a band. That wasn't his job. But he sung in a band at weekends, and he wrote a job a song about plastering and the training company. And uh, he sung it while we all held our hawk and trowels, and they videoed it. So hopefully, we'll find it on YouTube. Oh, that would be awesome. I forgot about that. Oh, Lynn's like that. That might be your inroad into OnlyFans. I'll wait to see the picture my friend sent me on WhatsApp um, being, uh, they said, if health and safety fails, Lindsay, you can start a plastering course. And they found a picture of Bob the Builder and uh, put my picture on it. That's going to be my advertising for my plastering course if health and safety fails for me. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Health and safety won't fail because it's amazing and I love it. No, but it could be a little sidelined, you know. Yeah, I reckon I'd smash it as a female plasterer. The people that don't feel like women that feel uncomfortable having men 
in their house if they're on their own. They could have a female plasterer. And there could be men that would like a female plasterer. I bet there would be. I was tired, though. Not going to lie. The, I did the Saturday and Sunday, two weekends in a row, and I got into bed on Sunday night, and I hurt. How do people do that five days a mm. week? I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't. I can talk all day, every day, we know. full of energy. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's, that's, that's my job. That's what I do. Lucky I'm good at that. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't do that physical stuff five days a week from, what do they work, like seven till three? No. Yeah, and some of them have done it for like 50 years or something. Oh, yeah, I, don't, I definitely could not go to the gym after that. No, no they are dedicated. It's a, it's, it just takes... Mentally, I was awake still. Yeah. So I wasn't tired, but my body was exhausted. Mm. And I only did... Over the two weekends, I did two ceilings and four walls. Um, and that, that on its own... But you'd hard. end up, I guess, with, like, muscle memory. So if you did it long enough, those muscles... It's a bit like a hairdresser drying hair. You know how they dry a hair and they it's, their arms are always like up in the air holding the hair dryer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so if you, you know, you imagine that over and over again, you'd end up with that same kind of, you know, you probably have mega, mega upper body arms, you know. Yeah. The Hulk upstairs. Yeah. And the scarecrow legs downstairs. Although that's a lot of men anyway. Right. Seriously. Now right. you've just offended half of our listenership. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Not all men have strong upper bodies and very small legs. I, I do some. like a decent pair of legs. I like arms myself. Oh. There we go. But I, I, yeah, so sorry. Anyway, back to health and safety. <laughs> before, before she says too, before else. she says too much, she goes, "Oh, I have to cut that days." Yeah, that's got to come out now. <laughs> oh, I only cut stuff when I realise that I've said it's something even more stupid than... And I don't mind saying something stupid. I'm all right with that. But sometimes I do say something that makes me cringe. And I'm listening back and thinking, you can't put that in the public. That's just atrocious. No, you're way too self-critical. No, honestly, I'm stupid on my training courses. I do make an absolute fool of myself for the sake of people learning. And I don't mind. But there's a line. I can't look like an absolute one. let me tell you this right so on the uh, asbestos awareness course today um i was i was doing all the asbestos was used for this and it's and it's chemical resistant and it's heat proof and it's flame retardant and it's this and this and this and this and then i said but and i said there's a massive but imagine the size of a j-lo but <laughs> That's a really good one. <laughs> and they all suddenly looked like, what's she on about? Why is she talking about J-Lo's bum and put on a, on a thing about asbestos? And I was like, <laughs> but the health hazards are so much worse. And it was trying to create that kind of dramatic, you know, get the, but, yeah, but you yeah. see, do you know what? Sometimes it a little bit of humour, even on a very serious, horrible subject, actually gets the message home. You know, right. well, we, this is we've been talking about communication a lot in my Irish course because I'm really fed up of hearing people have sent all user emails to update no. people on health and safety changes. And communication is such a big part. Mm. And actually, if you're going to get someone in to deliver a message to people, you've got to make sure they're the right person that can get people listening. Yeah. And if it means talking about butts, 
as in buttocks, then, and, and, and it works then great. Because I'd rather they listen and have a laugh yeah. than don't listen at all because you've achieved nothing. Yeah, and sometimes I think it's also, it's it's like when people talk about shock factor stuff, it's it's not because it's pleasant, it's far from pleasant, it's horrible having to talk about it, but we've got to drive it home. And if we can't drive it home by going, well, you might be harmed, let's drive it home by going, have you got kids? What would happen to yeah. them if you weren't around, you know? Because it makes you sit up and listen and yeah. go, do you know what? Yeah, you're right. Well, that's what we're going to do today. Oh, God, you're just so good oh, at that. Straight oh. into it. Let it in. Oh. You did. You brought it back, Dave. I serve it, so you we're... whack it. That sounds oh, dodge. love it. Dodge. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right, are you going to read it? Do your usual? Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, okay, so General Duties Section 3 of the Health and Safety at Work Act, which you can follow along at legislation.gov.uk. Um, and we have got some great examples to hit home what actually goes on out there because it's difficult if you don't see it it's a bit like you're on the m25 and there's a major accident you think oh what a shame and then you carry on because it's not happened to you people don't really take it seriously so we can start giving some examples of what's actually happened to people so section three still in general duties general duties of employers and self-employed to persons other than their employees so any other human being affected by your work activity that is not your employee, which we've got a bit of a, I guess, a list. What would you say, Daisy, that includes? Um, OK, so um, it could include because obviously it's in employers and it's self-employed. So from an employer's perspective, it could be that you're subcontracting work out so you've got contractors coming on site in any capacity that we might use contractors or people like agency workers so that could be cleaning contractors it could be refurbishment works it could be demolition it could be a whole ream of different reasons why you might use a contractor maybe you've got like security staff that you use maybe like a shopping center contracting in security staff or something like that a self-employed person obviously it's potentially those that you are working alongside because in construction you might have multiple different trades all self-employed rubbing on rubbing up against one another and therefore they could affect one another We've also got for for both sides of this, this would include members of the public as well. So let's use a shopping centre as an example. Somebody comes into the shopping centre and they uh, a, a sign, a shopfront sign falls down and bonks them on the head. You know, um, that's now a, a member of the public that's been affected by something that should have been looked after much better um, by the organization you know or, or, or a company um we've also got um visitors to sites so anybody me and lynn's obviously we, we go to sites and stuff and and you see there's a consistency do you always get signed in and given an induction when you arrive on site or is it a bit sort of hit and miss absolutely hit and miss yeah. from one end of the scale to the other mm. um and and, and that- I find that a really big issue because um, when I'm on site, I'm practically an employee, as in I'm in the same location, I'm using the same equipment, I'm using the kitchen, I'm using the bathroom, I'm walking around, um, and I sometimes I'm completely forgotten in terms yeah. of health and safety, and other times I am blown away 
at how amazing the control measures are for my being on site, whether it's one day or three days. Mm. I remember posting on my LinkedIn about an induction video I watched. It was just so good. And I remember saying, if you'd have come to me and said, Linz, can you tell me what you think the most perfect site induction video would look like, what it would contain? What I watched was exactly what I would have said. And I was on a high for weeks because I was so impressed with what had been done. Yet somewhere else I turn up and no one would have a clue I'm there if I didn't say, what about this? What about that? Do I need to sign in? Have you got the fire um, information? Have you got first aid information for me? It's shocking. Yeah, yeah. But I say it's shocking. Um, It's shocking from my point of view because I know what should be done. But I also know that there's lots of people out there that don't necessarily know everything they should be doing. And that's why we've got this podcast, right, to help people understand what they should be doing. I don't like to say there's any failings. I just like to recognise that there's gaps and we help people to fill those gaps. Mm. And actually in the legislation, in this section three, in section 3.3, it talks about that. It talks about the fact that the employer should be giving information to anyone who's not in their employment about health and safety aspects, things, ways in which the wording it says he conducts his undertaking as might affect their health and safety. So the employer and the the self-employed person has to explain, this is what I'm going to do. This is how we do it. So an induction should include things like, well, in the event of a fire, this is what we do on site. These are the site rules. Uh, These are the walkways you need to follow. This is the, you know, you have to hold the handrail. You have to wear PPE in this work environment or whatever. Um, So they should be doing something again. And this is, it's going to be different to every different organization, of course, but they have to do something, you know. And there's not just, there's so many different ways of doing it. I've been to places where, Prior to my visit, they've sent me a video or they've sent me something to read and and answer a little quiz, Mm. make sure I know what it is that I've read. I have been met on site with a video. I've been met on site with a talk. So many different ways. There's no one way of doing it, but we have to find a way. Yeah. And the the thing, the thing is, sorry, the thing is, is that there are plenty of places who don't do anything. And I have to be honest that there are times where I've been to sites um I've not had to sign in despite the, the fact that there is a sign in book and and I've got to be honest I can see that there's a signing in book and I'm waiting I'm waiting for them to say please can you sign in I'm waiting for them to tell me about you know the the, the fire alarm system I'm waiting even to, for them to tell me where the loo is you know something like that um, right. And it and sometimes you are literally in the, in the type of work that we do, whether it's training or auditing, you know, we could be walking around a site completely on our own. You know, nobody is by our sides. Um, nobody even knows we're there. We might be in a training room on our own for hours, you know, um, potentially without even students. You might be waiting for the students to arrive or goodness knows what. And, uh, you know, nobody's checking on you. There's, there's, there's no provision. So if anything happens to you, not only are you technically lone working, um, but you're also uh, totally unfamiliar with the work environment. Right. It's lucky we, I mean, for us, it's, it's slightly different because we're aware. But if that was someone that was visiting and wasn't part of the health and safety industry, 
it's I, I think that was I think that's even worse mm. because we have a basic knowledge of how things work. So shall I read? Let's start from the beginning. We've got section three, which we know is titled "General Duties of Employers and Self-Employed to Persons Other than Their Employees." And then it goes into subsections, just like section two did. So subsection one says, It shall be the duty of every employer to conduct his undertaking undertaking in such a way as to ensure, so far as is reasonably practicable, that persons not in his employment who may be affected thereby are not thereby exposed to the risks to their health or safety. I don't think that was perfect. Oh, that was a lot, wasn't it? <laughs> Why am I surprised every time I read it that I can't flip and read it properly? Because it's so difficult. It is, isn't it? But we're going to break it down so it doesn't really matter. And if if you're desperately desperate to hear that without a fluff in the middle, then go and read it on legislation.gov.uk. Because I can't read it any better. You technically didn't fluff it, I don't think. Do you not think? I don't think I fluffed it. No, I think you're all right there. So we know it shall be the duty. It's an absolute duty, means um, you have to do it. It shall be the duty of every employer to conduct his undertaking in such a way as to ensure, a great phrase, so far as is reasonably practicable, which we've explained before, that persons not in his employment who may be affected thereby are not thereby exposed to the risks to their health or safety. So the first part of it... We know because we've explained those keywords, haven't we? Yes. So in in episode two point one, we explain the term so far as is reasonably practicable, and the term shall as well. So we've got to break down that last little phrase. So we know that person's not in his employment. We've just spoken about it. Could be visitors, could be customers, could be members of the public that just walking partial business premises or the location that you're currently working we have to make sure um, that they are not exposed to risks to their health or safety yes and another one i want to to draw in here of the list of people um which always is a massive bone of contention is of course trespassers yes um mm, Um, so it it is an awkward one um relating to that but we do have a piece of legislation which uh it, it connects with this which is the if i remember correctly occupiers liability act and the occupiers liability act talks about uh, it uses a term and again i'm i'm trying to remember uh, the, the top off of the top of my head um to non-visitors so this is where people who are not visitors i.e you haven't asked them to be there you haven't invited them to be there are injured due to some failing within the premises and that came out in the 80s i think 82 or 84 um and this is effectively a common law duty um, as well as under statutory legislation. And so this would work alongside the Health and Safety at Work Act. Um, so when we talk about visitors, we could be talking about those that we're asking, like Lindsay and me, come to our workplace, teach us some safety stuff. Or it could also be the people getting in who shouldn't be there. It, this is always a difficulty because 
effectively, if somebody climbs into a construction site, then they are also bypassing the safety and security measures that are in place, um, which could lead them into being, uh, you know, at fault. But if we don't stop people from getting to hazards by putting security in place and they can wander on to the site, for example, that's when we then are effectively allowing, by not stopping, trespassers onto the property. So I, I think this is a really important thing to break down with people because I I get that there are people out there that, that break the law and do things that most of, of our fabulous society wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. But from a moral point of view, let's say somebody's brought up in a family and they're not given the greatest start. They're not guided. They're not helped to understand what's right or wrong. And there's a lot of people that live that way. Um, I genuinely feel blessed that I've had the opportunities I've had in my life that my mum has, has, has given to me to allow me to be the person I am. And there are a lot of people out there that were given a bad card, maybe had didn't have great parents, didn't you know, have that supportive home. Now, if I say... I've got someone that wasn't brought up in the best situation and they really don't know anything better. They've been, you know, get, met people that have uh, have taken them out stealing and breaking into places and things. Yes, okay, it's not it's not right and it's against the law and most of society would disagree with that as an activity. That human being breaks into your premises. Would you wish death upon them? And, and and I know people would say, oh, oh, you know, I'd kill someone if they did that. But really, deep down, would you wish death or injury to a human being who hasn't had the greatest start? No, yeah, you wouldn't. And I, I do think if we think about it morally, that, yeah, OK, it's not nice that someone breaks in and it makes you feel a little bit violated and it can cause a lot of stress and upset. But that's a human being on this planet and I would never say, because that's the life you lead, I would like you to die. Mm. I just wouldn't. And I, and I think that we, we all have to take that on board, being part of this society, that there are people that haven't had great opportunity. And, and we probably should be making an effort to make sure if they do the things that they do that aren't right that they are protected a bit. But in some instances, one of the things we have to remember that these are children in some instances. We see cases, I mean, there was this one particular case, I can't remember dates or anything like that, but he was a 10-year-old boy and there was some building works going on next to a playground. The 10-year-old boy was dared to climb onto the climbing frame and jump across into the construction site. He jumps across, he falls into the excavation, the excavation collapses and buries him alive. So... When we see people, children doing stuff, we suddenly take all the, the, the any liability from them completely. And I want to talk about, and that's right, I, I'm not disputing that, but I want to talk about a particular instance, um, which is, it, it's connected with both of those pieces of legislation, the Occupiers Liability Act, which, by the way, I've just had a quick Google and it was 1984. So you can have a look at that if you want to. Again, we can go into more details on that. We can do a whole episode on that if you want us to. But this particular instance happened down in Aldershot. And so basically what happened was these this pair in their 40s, 50s uh, broke in, perhaps slash were able to get in 
to an outdoor swimming pool in Aldershot. Uh, there's a bit of whether they broke in or they got in, they were in there. And they both of them decided in a bit of a drunken stupor that they would slide down one of the water slides that were in this particular park. OK, so it was like an outdoor um, uh, council run swimming pool with some water slides and stuff. Big local attraction. But lots of people had done this similar thing of sort of breaking in, climbing through a hole in the fence type of. So there was a bit of a grey line. In fact, this couple were not um, they were not sort of dealt with by the police or anything. They could see that this couple had sort of made their way in and uh, not necessarily broken in as such. And they got in and they decided that they were going to try and slide down the side. Now, the side the water side part was off. So they had to sort of scoop water to get the water down the water slide and such. The woman goes down first and the man goes down after her. They don't realise that at the bottom of the slide is a metal grid and they literally slam into that, instantly breaking their legs. Ouch. Now, he passes out. She's alive the whole time. uh, Sorry, awake the whole time. Sorry. And they both suffer huge injuries. Now, there's a video of them being uh, filmed, um, interviewed, sorry, on the TV programme this morning. And so many comments were made about this couple, you know, Oh, you know, it's their own fault. They're grown ups. They should know better. Ba 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 ba. You know, their grandparents, uh, all the rest of it. And I, often I play this video on courses and say, you know, what do you think about this pair? And they're like, oh, well, they should know better. It's ridiculous. It's world gone mad. The yada yada. And then I say to them, what would you do if those were twelve year olds? Would you feel differently about them if they were children, for example? But there's another twist in this tale, Lins, because the guy. His name was Barry Douglas. Last year, he took his own life. Oh, blimey. Because his life, he was a forklift truck driver and his injuries were so severe, he he just fell into depression. And uh, that's the outcome of the tale, you know. And that's the thing. Now, Now we know that part. Do we feel a little bit more kinder perhaps towards those two those two or not you know um i would call on anyone listening and and i i know that there will be a few people that live angelic lives and don't ever do anything that's uh, that's breaking any any norm or laws but pretty much most people can say they've done something silly at some point and we've got away with it Mm. and they've done something silly and it's gone horribly wrong and we're so quick to judge, aren't we? Mm. So quick to judge, but we've all done something. And it, it's just such a shame that people's lives are affected like that. And, and I do, I agree, it has to be their responsibility. They made that choice. But I also think that we should be recognising that people do silly things. People do things that, you know, in the cold light of day, you might not do. And actually, is it not a duty of society to say, let's try and put things in place that are going to try and protect people a bit? Yeah, more? and I think the big factor, certainly if you watch the interview, because um, this this incident happened in August 2021. And um, like I say, Barry sadly took his, his life last year. So it was obviously just, just months following the accident. Um, in the interview, they actually say, we know it's our fault. 
But the fact that we were able to get in and that we were able to do this, shouldn't that have fallen on the council? Because this was something that others had done and others had been harmed and the council was slow to move on it. The problem I have with that is I do understand that. And I get that, especially again, if it had been children or something like that, perhaps somebody with a a learning difficulty or something, we probably have a different viewpoint on it. But also we, we equally have to take some responsibility, don't we, for ourselves. And they did take responsibility. They did say this is all our own fault. You know, and, and probably part of the reason that Barry struggled so much was the acknowledgement that some of this he'd done to himself. And, and you know, doctors said to him, you're, you're going to be in a wheelchair for two years until you're back on your feet again. So some And it's not just himself. No. He, he will know that it's not just himself because he'll have family members that will have been affected emotionally. They'll have to have people within the family helping mm-hmm. to do certain things for them so the impact isn't just him and he, and he will have known that yeah i mean he had i believe um and this is just through things i've read that he had to move from aldershot back to scotland which is where he was from originally for the support network um and so you imagine this is like life-changing and yes he was drunk yes he was foolish um but had he not been able to get in there that accident would not have happened. And this is where Section 3 comes in. It's the responsibility of the person that creates a potential hazard to prevent this from causing harm to others. Had that gate for those slides been at the top of the slide rather than at the bottom, they wouldn't have been able to go down it in the first place. Right. You know, I mean, who, who, who puts the gate at the bottom? I mean, if you're going to have one at the bottom, put one at the top as well. You know, you know what it's 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 finding people to do things that potentially don't have the experience. It's a, it's a, it's a, that's a risk decisions. assessment, isn't it? You know, yeah. um, especially if you if you know the sort of general rumours around town are that lots of people break in. I mean, I'm sure they've got security cameras and stuff that would show that. And if they haven't, God, in this day and age, outdoor swimming pool, you think you would? Um, so the sad thing is, of course, is that. In an incident like that, that involves a council run site like that and a facility, what will end up happening is if these issues keep arising, if people keep doing these things and then they claim for compensation and the council gets fined, et cetera, et cetera, um, they'll just go, we're just going to shut the swimming pool. You know, and oh, they've done that so many times. We'll lose our facilities as well. So there has to be yeah. a balance with this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we've slightly gone off track. Um, but. Um, So we wanted to talk about some examples where the organisations, because in the case of Barry Douglas that I've just mentioned and the older shops are in pool, um, as far as I'm aware, no prosecution was brought. Um, So uh, as far as I'm aware that that or unless unless it's not happened yet, because obviously this was only this only took place two years ago. Um, So I don't know quite what the outcome of that is. But we've got some other examples where organisations have failed to do to exercise their duty in um, under section three in lots of different settings. So um, I've got an example here, which was a haulage company and the haulage company was um, found guilty of breaching not only section 3.1, but also 2.1, which we've obviously already covered of the health and safety at work act um, fined 
1.9 million. And this was where a depot manager, uh, a guy called Neil Roberts, um, he was leaving work and he walked across the um, yard of this transport depot. And despite the fact that there was walkways, the general customer practice was that nobody used the walkways. And sadly, he was run over and uh, he, he he died. Um, and the reason was that the effectively the, this come this this particular site was managed by a different organization uh, to the um, employer of um, Neil. So there was a, a company called Turner's, which was the tenant of the site, and they they employed Neil. Um, but another company, the Haulage Group, they were the owner of the premises, and it turns out that they had not adequately assessed the risks associated with work transport on both Turner's and the haulage group side. Um, so sadly, both of these organisations were uh, found to be at fault. Turner's were fined 1.9 million, as I've already said, and the haulage group were fined 300,000 plus costs. Um, and if you've got a site like a depot where you've got deliveries coming in and out. Of course, you'll have your own staff like Neil Roberts was, but you'll also have delivery drivers from other organisations as well. And this is where your Section 3 kicks in, because even though Neil was harmed and he was an employee of Turner's, every other delivery driver dropping off goods or whatever who didn't work for Turner's, who came to that site would have been potentially just as liable to harm that affected Neil that day as any other employee. And that's the point that Lindsay made earlier. Just because you go to a site, an organisation, a company, and you are a contractor, a cleaner, a member of the public, it doesn't mean you're not going to be affected by potentially very similar hazards to everybody else. You know, It just reiterates my point that I say to people that if you do think about control measures and you put these control measures in, they do nothing if you don't use them. Mm. And that's why, it, for me, if we're going to put stuff in, we've got to have regular checks in place to make sure that they're used because people think that they can tick a box. Oh, well, we, we put that in. And so if people don't use it, it's their own fault. It doesn't work like that. No. And this you is you still have to be responsible for their actions. And this was something that was pulled out in the investigation because they talked about pedestrians in general, whether they be employees or non-employees. Um, there are pedestrians in the yard and management of the, the ensuring that they use pedestrian walkways to prevent that risk of being struck by moving vehicles has to be first and foremost, because, you know, in some instances, the lorry drivers, etc., wouldn't necessarily always be able to see that there was somebody there. So if they're, if you're work, walking too closely to a vehicle, you know, you're potentially at risk of being struck. So if we keep a separate walkway that is even barriered, you know, it's clearly identifiable. We put everybody in high vis, we make sure it's it's well lit in that work area, etc. Even look at traffic light systems so people know when lorries are coming and going, etc. Those are the sorts of control measures that protect everybody, whether you're employee or non-employee, visitor or whoever, it protects everybody in those types of environments. 
they also need to know why we've got them. It's all well and good having a walkway and saying you must use the walkway. Mm. But if you don't tell people why, because not everyone thinks about health and safety the way we do or, or someone that is responsible for health and safety, they just don't even consider because they've got other things on their mind. So if we put a walkway in, tell people the walkway's there because blah, 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 and you'll get so much more engagement from people going, ah, do you know what? Actually, I get it. That's why I'm going to use it. And we've got to check on them. And if people aren't using it, reminding them that they don't have a choice. They have to use it, which we'll come on to, I guess, on the next section when we get to section seven. Mm. Um, But we've got a fabulous place. So I know we love the HSE website, but there's also another website that I'm quite a big fan of. And that's the IOSH magazine. So IOSH is the Institute of Occupational Safety and Health. And they produce a monthly magazine, which I love. Do you get yours delivered to the postbox? I do. I'm all I love getting my delivery. I, I, but I just love holding a book in my hand and reading it sometimes. I, well, they... I said my, my latest episode, episode, my latest uh, <laughs> magazine. I was sat yesterday in the hairdressers reading it. So there you go. You know, the work, I read mine on the train. The work never ends. I wonder what people think. Oh, God, what is she reading? But I do love it. I look forward to reading it because uh, it's just it's got so much information and it can benefit everyone. But they have a website where they put a free copy that you can download every month and also see all the back issues um, so you can really fall down a health and safety rabbit hole. Um, but within each... It's not an episode. Oh, God. Now I've got it. What are they called? Uh, edition? edition? Yeah, let's go with edition. There must be a word for it. Let me see, what's it say on the front? What are they called? Ep- not episode. What are they called when you get a magazine? Monthly... Issue. Issue. That's Issue. It. <laughs> I just, it just came to me right then. <laughs> so within every issue, they have a section that is quite near to the front that's called legal. And you can see uh, articles on prosecutions that have gone on and it tells you about um, the business what the incident was and what law has been used to prosecute that person Mm. Um, so you can go onto the website read these sections um, and whilst I'm not saying read it because it's enjoyment I do think it's really a great way for it's informative it is Mm. and and you know, we can we can easily say, oh, this health and safety stuff so over the top. But actually, if you take five minutes and have a read of a couple of articles, you will be absolutely shocked at what goes on all the time. Mm. It's constant, isn't it? It's mm. just constant. And and I know we're shocked about deaths, but there's also life changing injuries, and it's happening to people all the time. Also, and, and I think I, it's really good to read up on it and, and get yourself educated with what truly goes on. Yeah. And we talked we talked in one of the episodes, I can't remember which one, um, about the different types of enforcement action. Obviously, we've mentioned a couple of examples um, already. We talked about um, prosecutions. But equally, it's it, it doesn't always get picked up at that extent. It's sometimes picked up earlier by the HSE. Um, so, for example, there was recently this month, so no, last month, so in October of 2023, 
um, a company called Pets Choice Limited, which is uh, down in South Wales. Um, They were served a couple of improvement notices. And one of those improvement notices related to a shed that they had on site that was in such poor condition that they talked uh, that they issued them with an improvement notice because of the risk to not only employees, but also to persons that might visit the site because of the risk of collapse. And so they served a selection of um, notices, and one of which related to uh, 3.1 of the Health and Safety at Work Act. So it might end up being not necessarily going to prosecution. It might end up being um, a visit from the HSE, um, maybe because a customer has said something, a member of the public has said something, uh, a member of staff has said something. And of course, it could be literally... Um, customers to your shop in this in this case another example of an improvement notice um, issued also in October of this year was a construction company um, and they were acting as the role of the principal contractor under the construction design and management regulations one that obviously we'll get onto in due course Um, but because they had that role to oversee and ensure conditions for everybody that was on the site including non-employees so self-employed persons subcontractors etc they were issued with an improvement notice for having no running water no wash basins and no rest areas and that that was uh section 3.1 again it's 2023 i I know i'm not shocked because i know it goes on but i just like it's amazing people say to me how can we need a law that makes people have running water and soap and toilet paper because there are some not very nice people out there. Yeah. Uh, we can't allow people to employ staff and just completely disrespect them and disrespect anybody else that's affected by them running a business. It's not mm. okay. So the Irish magazine's got an article in... Um, what issue am I on? Let me check. I don't want to come out of it now. I'll check. I'll, I'll find out shortly. But we've got an article that says company directors get nine months in prison for wall collapse that caused five deaths. Oh, yeah. I know which one you're talking about. Absolutely shocking. Um, and it was agency staff that yes. were being used. And that's, again, it's another a technically would come under the non-employee bracket. Um, and so but you still have to look after them in the same way. You know, absolutely, and anyway, things are definitely sorry, getting better you, for you, you, Let you describe the ins and outs of that one. That's all right. Things are getting better for agency staff. I, I think uh, for a long time they were kind of treated as as uh, as floating staff. Like people didn't really take responsibility, but um, you do have a duty if you take on someone from an agency. You can't think that someone else has employed them and I'm just borrowing them. You actually do have a responsibility. Um, So I won't read out everything that happened. There's a full article in the Irish magazine. um, But they were prosecuted very recently. And that fell under um, section 3.1 and 2.1. And they got nine weeks in prison, and rightly so. Because if you're going to take on the responsibility of employing people, you have to suffer the consequences if you don't protect them. No, absolutely. Nine months, not nine weeks, by the way. Sorry. Um, And the the organisation also um, had significant fines. Um, Was it one point something million? I can't remember. Yeah, so the recycling company themselves, uh, one million. um, And there was another company 
that was associated 600,000 and then there was also 775,000 in prosecution costs. So absolutely massive and rightly so. So ultimately, every employer has a duty to manage the health and safety of those they employ or those who may be affected by any work activity that a business carries out. Yeah, and, and of course, that, that work activity could be something that you've done poorly. And this is another example I want to talk about, if that's OK, to sort of wrap up, because this is a totally uh, not that the others weren't innocent, but this is where we see the extreme end, which is a member of the public. And um, this is the death of a five-year-old. Um, so the, the worst end of this tale of uh, Section 3. Um, so this is a, an incident that happened in August 2015 and a little girl, Alexis Brown. Um, now, Alexis lived in a home that was... Um, a rent, I think it was a rental property through a housing association. And um, Alexis's brother was a wheelchair user. So they had a lift in the property to assist, obviously, with getting uh, Alexis's brother sort of up and down from ground to first floor, etc. And the, the lift was damaged. Her parents had reported the damage um, and actually... The housing association had contacted the lift company on two occasions about this damaged lift and had actually had quotes twice about replacing the lift and replacing doing works to repair it. But the housing association were dragging their feet because they were looking at actually rehoming or rehousing, should I say, um, the family. But they didn't do it quick enough. And sadly, on this particular day, um, Alexis got her head caught um between the lift and the ground floor um the firefighters that cut her free described her injuries as horrific and um you know she's a gorgeous little thing cute little picture breaks my heart she's it breaks such a cutie um absolutely horrendous um and uh she she obviously sadly died that's when not that any of these are you know it's it's not less or worse whether we kill five people with a wall collapsing or whatever there is no death is death and it's horrendous because it's taking away somebody when that wasn't their time and in any circumstance any of these examples that we described this evening it falls on the responsibility of the organization or the self-employed person to ensure the safety of all of these people in any set of circumstances yes it's reasonable practical measures but in all of these examples um we have hopefully demonstrated that the measures were you know the reasonable practical measures weren't fulfilled hence the prosecutions you know, because if they could demonstrate that they were doing everything they should have been uh, should have uh, been doing, they wouldn't have been prosecuted. And just to say, in the example of um, for Alexis, um, that organisation was fined uh, a million pounds, and the lift company was also fined as well. Um, and the reason the lift company was fined was because um, when the lift was installed, they hadn't provided the parents with any instructions on how to use the lift and any kind of instruction manual. 
and that covers that latter section, um, uh, 3.4, if I remember correctly, that talks about providing information that could affect your health and safety. So the lift manual would have been that requirement met. I, I hate always talking about the negative, but it is just a really good way of saying to people, this stuff isn't in place because money wants to be made or anybody wants to make anybody's life difficult. That as human beings, if we're going to start a business, which you're absolutely entitled to do, you've got to accept that there's going to be duties that fall upon you to make sure that you don't affect other people. Why should you be allowed to make money, to run your own business and harm another human being in the process? So we all have to step and say, step up and say, you know what, I want to run a business. I want to you know, build a business and build a brand and, and be able to provide for my family by doing what I want to do. But actually, you do have to think about other people and you've got to take responsibility for what you do affecting other people. Mm. And that's why the reasonably practicable becomes more important because sometimes it's easy to say, eh, maybe it's not, you know, maybe I shouldn't have to spend that kind of money to keep people safe. But you look at what happens to people and you start going, actually, no, I get it. Maybe I, I will put a little bit more time and effort and inconvenience and cost into managing these controls so that this doesn't happen to other people. And I think that, you know, one of the things as as time moves on, as society's views change, etc., one of the views I think that has altered is this view on the moral side of health and safety. People have a much greater expectation that they will be protected from harm in every type of circumstance. And I think one of the things that we all have on us at all times is a mobile phone. So if you want a video, if you want to take a picture of something that you see that doesn't seem right, wherever you are, in whatever capacity, member of the public, visitor, worker, whatever, you have then got a record of this unsafe thing, which holds the organisation to account because what we're trying to do is not only empower organisations by by telling them what they need to do, but we're also trying to ensure that they always do it as well, because we can see the benefit of doing it. We can see for the for Alexis Brown's family, Barry Douglas's family, all of these examples that we you know Neil Roberts, all these examples that we've spoken about today, innocent people who had loved ones who should have gone home or stayed safe, and it didn't happen. Right. Their chance on this planet was taken away by somebody else in a way that we deem acceptable. As in, somebody breaks the law and gets out a gun and takes someone's life. Everyone's, oh my gosh, that's terrible. But actually, it's the same thing. If you're running a business and that activity takes someone's life, it is exactly the same thing yeah. as pulling out that illegal weapon. You're doing, You're taking away someone else's chance on this planet when they were just living their life. And so... It, it, hopefully people listen to this and say, do you know what, we get it. Well, you know, it, it might be extra work for us. I might have to put a little bit more into what I'm already doing, but I now realise why I should be doing it. Mm. And hopefully it makes a difference and, and it prevents another family having to go through what all of the people we've talked about today, their families would have gone through. Mm. No, exactly. Thanks, Linz. Thanks, Days. I it just I think it's so important that we get this message out there and that people have an alternative way of hearing 
what's going on. I know everyone doesn't want to pick up the Irish magazine, get it posted through their letterbox. I know going to events and listening to health and safety talks isn't everybody's cup of tea. It is ours. Um, And hopefully with the knowledge that we gain from this stuff, that we can share in a way that people enjoy listening to. And it makes a difference. You know, and if one person can say, uh, I listened to what you guys said and it hit home and I am actually going to do something a bit different, then we flip in one, haven't we? And we, we do it on behalf of everybody that didn't get the opportunity to, to live. So that's the end of another episode. It is. Thank you Finally, very much. Word uh, sitting in the right place. <laughs> Yes. Um, thank you very much. As always, uh, you know how to get in touch with us. Follows, love, likes, whatever you want to give us, we much appreciate. This is this is uh, a little bit of fun for us. Uh, we hope you're finding it fun as well. Uh, certainly, we are over the moon with the amount of listens that we're getting. <laughs> uh, it's kind of crazy, really, to think that that volume of people are listening to us um right it's really lovely and and please do reach out you know if you like it reach out if you hate it reach out <laughs> um so we, we appreciate all feedback all criticism good bad ugly or indifferent and if anybody uh maybe you run a business and you want to talk about how you've viewed health and safety or how uh, maybe the podcast has, has helped you understand what to do. And we're happy to speak to anyone. And, and we'd love to be talking to people that are out there running businesses, want to share their story. Anyone that's had a st- or has a story of someone that's been hurt in the workplace, we'd love to hear from you and potentially have a chat with you. So get in touch and discuss anything that you want to talk about. And uh, we will keep on doing this and sharing health and safety and and advice and guidance and information um we're not going anywhere are we no and we've got some great more uh, new episodes coming up we've got some more guests uh it's yeah we're really really exciting stuff so thank you very much for listening to us and we will see you on the next episode take care everybody bye bye